Hello and welcome to the Huntsman World Senior Games Active Life. My name is Kyle Case and I'll be your host on this amazing journey as we attempt to help you get the most out of your life. Joining me in our studio today is my co-pilot, Lil Barron. Yes, I'm here. Lil Barron, <laughs> how are you? I'm so good, Kyle. Good, good. So Lil, oftentimes when we're talking about health and wellness, mm-hmm. especially when we're talking about diet, we talk yes. about the things that we need to cut out of our diet, right? Yes. That just ends up, for whatever reason, it ends up being the default that we go to. Right. And let's be honest, like many of us probably <laughs> have a few things that we could cut out of our diets, right? Yes. But today I want to share a few things that we ought to be including in our diets, things oh, that are good for good. us, right? Cheetos? Uh, it's not Cheetos. It. it is not Cheetos. <laughs> uh It'll probably never be Cheetos. <laughs> Let's make that clear right now. <laughs> but no, you can keep asking. You know, okay. you never know. All right, you, know. you know, someday. Yeah, but when we when I'm gonna talk about fruits specifically, and when we talk about fruits and vegetables, for me, fruits are usually on the top of that short list. Yeah. I, I prefer the fruits, um, but not all fruits are created equal. And uh, I wanted to touch on a few of the healthiest fruits that are out there, according to Healthline.com. Okay, okay? good. The first one is grapefruit. Oh. How do you feel about grapefruit? I actually like it. Yeah. I, 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 it's probably not my favorite fruit. Probably not mine. But I, I like it. I mm-hmm. like it for breakfast. They do say that grapefruit is one of the healthiest citrus fruits. Oh. And besides being a good source of vitamins and minerals, it is known for its ability to aid in weight loss. Oh. And on top of that, it reduces insulin resistance, which is a very good thing as well. Oh. So, for example, in one study, those who ate a fresh grapefruit before meals lost 2.9 pounds more weight than those who didn't eat grapefruit. Really? So you've heard of the grapefruit diet. Yes. Right? Like that's, yes. that's kind of been a fad that's out there. Mm-hmm. So there is something to that. Uh, in the same study, the grapefruit group found that they had a significant reduction in insulin levels and reduced insulin resistance. And so it oh. just means you're, you know, your body's... Uh, processing that sugar and that energy in the right way. Uh, also, eating grapefruit has been shown to reduce cholesterol levels and even help prevent kidney stones. So, oh. a few good things going on with our uh, humble grapefruit. Yeah. Might, you might want to consider adding that to your diet. The next one is maybe one of my more favorite fruits, uh, and that is pineapple. Oh, you yeah. You like pineapple? Yeah. Do you like it on your pizza? I do. Yeah, I do too. Some people feel very strongly about it. I'm fine with pineapple. I like it on my cottage cheese too. Absolutely. (laughs) So among the tropical fruits, pineapple is really, they consider it a a kind of a nutrition superstar. One cup of pineapple provides 131% of the vitamin C that we need and 76% of the manganese. So it's got some good stuff in in it. Uh, Pineapple also contains bromelain which is a mixture of enzymes known for its anti-inflammatory properties, and it helps in our ability to digest protein. So uh, that's some good stuff. And on top of that, test tube and animal studies suggest that bromelain may also help protect against some cancers and tumor growth. So some good things going on with pineapples. Mm -hmm. Uh, The next one is avocado. Oh, you like avocados? I do. Yeah. Guacamole. I have a... (laughs) I, I, it's the texture. Yeah. I just, I just can't get past the texture of it. But oh. avocado is a little bit different from most fruits. Most fruits are high in carbohydrates, mm-hmm. but an avocado is actually low in carbs and is compromised mainly of healthy fats. Mm-hmm. The majority of the fat in an avocado is oleic acid, which is a monounsaturated fat that's linked to reduced inflammation, better heart health. Uh, in addition to healthy fats, avocados are loaded with potassium, fiber, and magnesium. And one whole avocado provides 28% of the potassium that we need. 
and potassium is associated with reduced blood pressure as well as lowering the risk of stroke. Wow. So some good things going on there. I saved the best for last and that is blueberries. Oh. I like blueberries. (laughs) Maybe not not your favorite one. Maybe Mm -hmm. not your favorite one. Well, I like blueberries. They blueberries are a powerful um, antioxidant. There's mm-hmm. a, lot, a lot of things going on with blueberries. They have an impressive nutrition profile, uh, being particularly high in fiber, vitamin C, vitamin K, as well as that manganese. Uh, as I said, they're uh, high in antioxidants. In fact, they're believed to contain the highest antioxidant content of the most commonly consumed fruits. The antioxidants in blueberries may reduce the risk of chronic conditions such as heart disease diabetes, and even Alzheimer's. So that's got a lot of good things going on. Blueberries are also known for their powerful effect on the immune system, Mm. which this at this time is important. So uh, get those blueberries in you. Uh, One study found that eating blueberries regularly may increase natural killer cells in the body that help defend you against oxidative stress as well as viral infections. Wow. Okay. You've convinced me. Yeah. Blueberries are some good things. So Mm -hmm. uh, additionally, the antioxidants in blueberries may have a protective effect on your brain. For example, eating blueberries have been shown to improve memory in older adults. I need that. So yeah, there's just a a lot of good (laughs) stuff going on with some of these fruits. So consider including those in your regular diet. Yeah. Yeah. Lil, today's guest is Dr. Stephen Piney, who is a board-certified dermatologist and fellowship-trained Mohs micrographic surgeon with extensive training in the diagnosis and treatment of all types of skin cancer. His clinic is Vivita Dermatology here in St. George, Utah. He received his MD degree at the University of Utah School of Medicine and served in the United States Air Force for 20 years, and upon retirement, he moved back to Southern Utah to practice in his hometown. Dr. Piney, thank you for joining yes, us today. Yes, thank you. Thank you, guys. I'm happy to be here. Yeah, we're, we're glad that you could, uh, could, could, could be here with us and, and share some of your expertise. Let me just start off by saying thank you for your service. That's, yes, uh, that's wonderful. 20 absolutely. years in the, in the uh, military, we're, we're always grateful for our veterans, and we uh, appreciate yes. the service that you were able to uh, put in there. Yes. Well, thank, thank you very much. That was, <clears throat> that was my pleasure. I, I had a very enjoyable career. So today, we're going to talk with you a little bit about um, skin cancer and how that looks and, and how we get it. We're coming into the summer months, the time when most of us want to be in the swimming pool or right. down by the lake. Mm-hmm. Uh, tell us about the risks of sun exposure and what we need to be aware of, especially considering going into these summer months. Well, um, first of all, let me say this, the sun is a wonderful thing. I, I grew up in this area and I, I love everything there is to do around here. Um, but the sun, the sun is kind of a double-edged sword. It's got a lot of damaging aspects. The ultraviolet rays of the sun um, break down our elastic tissue in our skin. They thin our skin. Uh, they can lead to wrinkles, to brown spots, all those things that people associate with aging. Um, and then also the sun can cause damage to the DNA in our cells. And when you get a cumulative amount of damage to the cells, it leads to skin cancer. And, you know, and, and excessive sun exposure can, can cause skin cancer. And that's, that's a big concern. Yeah. So skin cancer, obviously something that we want to avoid if we yes. can, right? Yeah. So, I mean, I, I know there's the obvious put on the sunscreen, but what do we need to be aware of when we're talking about sunscreen and skin cancer and, and protecting ourselves? 
Well, the, the first thing to, to know is that, you know, ultraviolet rays of the sun are, are out all the time. If it's light outside, you're being exposed to ultraviolet, the ultraviolet rays that damage, damage us. Um, I always recommend to, to my patients that activity outside should be um, mostly in the morning or in the evening. And as a general rule, I, I recommend that the activities outside should, should occur when your shadow is longer than you are tall. So you okay. know, in the morning That's... before 10 a.m. and in the evening, you know, after four or five, depending on when the sun's going down. I like that. I've never heard that before. I haven't either. But I like that. That sounds actually like very good advice. Yeah. So do all your stuff outside when your shadow is longer than you are tall. Yep. And uh, especially here in the desert, I'm assuming, right? Or or is it? does it matter? Is I, I've always thought that in a desert climate that it's different, but is it, is it, are mountains worse than desert or is it all kind of the same when it comes to sun exposure? No, the, the desert, this is, we're in kind of the, the high UV index band in the United States. Of course, when you go into higher altitudes, the, the atmosphere is thinner and the ultraviolet light can be much more damaging. Uh, but, but we are in a high risk area here. Uh, so that, that should particularly apply to us. So is there a sp- is there, I know there's a lot of different varieties and, and I'm not talking about brands necessarily, but there's sunscreen that has different properties. Um, yeah. I, I understand from, from what I know, my limited knowledge of sunscreen, zinc is usually a, a property that you find in it. T- tell us about what kind of product should we be looking for? Uh, and, and maybe if there's something out there that we should avoid, what should we be thinking about? Yeah, that's a great question. Uh, there. So sunscreens can be broken down into two general types. There's the physical blockers and the chemical blockers. The physical blockers are just like you said, zinc, zinc oxide. That's the old lifeguard thing. You looked up at the <laughs> lifeguard and he had a white nose. Yep. Right. You know, that, that zinc oxide, and that's physically blocking this, the ultraviolet rays from hitting the skin. So the physical blockers contain either zinc oxide or titanium dioxide. So I always think of metal. They have zinc or titanium in them. Mm. And those typically are much less um, irritating to the skin. You know, when you, when you look at sunscreens that are geared toward babies and children, they're all physical blockers. So I always recommend to my patients who have sensitive skin that they, they go for a physical blocker. Um, hmm. They're also very good at blocking ultraviolet A and ultraviolet B rays. Now, the chemical blockers... Um, are also excellent. They block ultraviolet A and ultraviolet B, but, but they can be a little bit more irritating to the skin. And it's interesting, you know, recently over the past, it's probably been six to nine months ago, the FDA withdrew their designation of chemical sunscreens as generally accepted as safe, which is kind of, so they, they didn't say that they're dangerous. They just, they can't designate them as generally accepted as safe because of concern of the of the chemicals getting into the bloodstream and so forth so you know the the jury's still out on that i I still recommend all my patients that they use sunscreen on a regular basis but if you want to be absolutely as safe as possible and not have irritated skin from sunscreens then you want to go for a physical blocker so yeah so you you kind of mentioned what i thought my next question might be and that is i've you know, anecdotally, I've heard and, and maybe read a couple of things here and there that there is a possibility of absorption of, of some of these, um, you know, chemicals or, or whatever the sunscreen is made up of uh, into your bloodstream and into your body. 
uh, it sounds like the, the chemical blockers are the one you want to avoid, but the, the physical you're saying, generally speaking, tends to stay on the outside and, and not be a problem. Right. That's the, I mean, that's the FDA stance at this point. Okay. Hmm. Interesting stuff. That is interesting. Now, a lot of times when we talk about getting out in the sun and, uh, you know, the application of sunscreen and, and all these safety things that we talk about, one of the arguments that you hear is, well, but I got to get my vitamin D. I, I need vitamin D. My body needs it. And so I'm going to get as much as I possibly can. <laughs> T- tell us about that uh, in relation to exposure to the sun and, and also how it relates to sunscreen. Does, that, does, it, does it block vitamin D or how does that work? Yeah, that's that's a great question, and that's a that's a common concern I hear from my patients, particularly my active patients and people who are educated. Um, they they want to know about vitamin D and and sunscreen. If if you're blocking the ultraviolet rays of the sun from hitting your skin, you're blocking the production of vitamin D. So oh. that's that's the truth. But but what's not known is well, what's not commonly known is that for for a person to get all the vitamin D production that their skin can make in a day. They need about ten to fifteen minutes of sun exposure. Oh, okay, that's it. That's oh, it. we're in trouble. You, you, be out, you be out all day, and you'll make the same amount of vitamin D as you would have if you had just been out for fifteen minutes. So, uh, any longer than that, and you're just damaging your skin. And and the other thing I always tell my patients is that vitamin D is in a lot of the foods we eat and drink. You know, milk is vitamin D fortified. Many cereals are vitamin D fortified. So through our diet, we get a lot of vitamin D also. So based on your experience, um, the vitamin D that is in the foods, uh, I'm thinking of the milk, like you mentioned, uh, yeah. if you're drinking milk, you, you're probably okay. Yes. Yeah. And if you're, if you're just doing your day-to-day activities, you know, going to and from the store or to and from work, you're, you're getting, you're likely getting enough sun exposure to, to produce the vitamin D you need. So that's good to know. That I, is good to I've, know. I've never heard that, that, that it was such a short amount of time. Yeah. So great point of reference. 10 to 15 minutes is all you really need uh, to, to produce the vitamin D, which is an important element. It's an important mineral that we need. But um, if you're sitting out by the pool for four or five hours trying to get vitamin D, <laughs> you're overdoing it, right? You are. You're overcooking. <laughs> you're overcooking. Gosh, Cheetos <laughs> and now the sun. Wow. <laughs> so... Uh, Dr. Piney, we talked about the sunscreen. What other measures do we need to take, again, considering that we're going into the summer months in order to protect ourselves? Well, it, there's nothing that beats just physically covering up, you know, wearing a good hat, protecting your eyes with good sunglasses. Um, there are many, many brands out there. I'm not going to talk about brands, but lots of brands of active wear that are long sleeve that have good ventilation that, that block the ultraviolet rays of the sun as well. So, you know, if you can if you can be comfortable covered up with clothing, you're going to be better off as well. I saw an article recently that was referring to uh, the Great Barrier Reef in Australia, and um, you know, diving in Hawaii and some of those delicate ecosystems, and they're really discouraging the use of sunscreen in some of those areas because of the environmental impact, and uh, that has really led to a surge of. Uh, as you said, long sleeve swimsuits and rash guards and, and those kinds of things that people are, are wearing in those areas. But it sounds like it might be a good idea to just incorporate that into your swimwear, regardless of where you're at. Yeah, if you can, definitely. So let's, let's move on to the effect of overdoing it in the sun. Um, 
you know, obviously we talk about sunburn. Let's, let's focus on that for just a second. Um, what, what, when we get burnt from the sun, when we have that, that pink glow, <laughs> unhealthy pink glow about us, uh, what do you recommend that we ought to do to kind of ease the burning and, and maybe hopefully protect our skin in the long run? Or once you're burned, is there just nothing you can do and just wait it out? <laughs> well, that's a, that's an excellent question. You know, I mean, a, a sunburn by definition is a first degree burn. So the damage, the damage is done. You know, once, <laughs> once you're burned, you, you are damaged. And um, so any measures you take are just to, to kind of ameliorate your symptoms and, and help you not be so uncomfortable. So, you know, the, you know, everybody talks about putting aloe vera on, you know, things like that can, can be soothing and helpful, cool compresses. Uh, what a lot of people don't understand is that when people get really badly sunburned, it releases inflammatory mediators into the body. You, you may have known somebody who's gotten a bad sunburn and they get sick, they get, yeah. they get physically feverish and sick. And, you know, taking medicines like Tylenol, ibuprofen can actually uh, prevent those symptoms from happening. So with a bad sunburn, taking ibuprofen and Tylenol can be very helpful. Um, and then, you know, just, just waiting it out, using moisturizers as you peel can help with the itching, but, but just time. And then, and then the skin peels off <laughs> as we've, yeah. we've all experienced. We, one time we've all, we've yes. all been there. <laughs> So it, are those, you know, those first degree burns, is that cumulative damage over time or does the skin kind of slough off and it repairs itself? How, how does that work? No, it's cumulative damage over time, okay. you know, and that, that particularly, you know, they, they talk about blistering sunburns. If, if a person has had one blistering sunburn, it, I, I, I'd have to review the, the actual data, but it, it, it doubles or triples their risk of skin cancer in their lifetime. Oh my goodness. So, wow. You know, so when, when you, when you get that burn, that just means that you've been exposed to heavy doses of ultraviolet radiation that's going into the cells and damaging the DNA. So yeah, it's, it's definitely cumulative. That's sobering. One blistering sunburn increases your chances dramatically of skin cancer. Wow. That's, <laughs> That makes you want to put the sunscreen on, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> and, and and put the sunscreen on your children and yeah. your grandchildren. Absolutely. Yeah. So let's talk about that C word that none of us like to talk about, <laughs> but we need to. Um, you mentioned skin cancer. Uh, what yeah. do we need to be aware of as as far as skin cancer and sun? Well, it, it's indisputable and and very well documented and proven that the ultraviolet rays of the sun do cause skin cancer. And the, the main types of skin cancer that are caused by the sun are one called basal cell carcinoma and cutaneous squamous cell carcinoma. And then, and then the, the, the worst one is melanoma. And, and the melanoma uh, cancer is, is less um, associated with sun exposure and somewhat more of a genetic risk. But the two big ones are the squamous cell cancers and the basal cell cancers. So what's the difference between these two types of cancer? Yeah, a, a, a basal cell is a cell in our skin that's just pushing out skin all the time. It's at the very bottom of the, the top layer of skin, and it's just it's the, the basal layer that's just generating new skin. It's actually a, a type of squamous cell, whereas a squamous cell is a very catch-all term that applies to skin cells and hair follicles and sweat glands. So they're related, um, but, but slightly different. And, you know, in the hierarchy of severity of, of skin cancers, 
the best one to get, if you can pick a best one, is the basal cell. It, <laughs> it never, those do not spread to lymph nodes. They don't spread to your brain or your lungs. They, there's, no, there's no mortality associated with basal cells, except in rare cases. Uh, the next best one is the squamous cell cancer. Uh, it's thought that about 1% of those can metastasize, can actually spread to a lymph node or elsewhere in the body. And then, of course, uh, the worst one is melanoma. And melanoma can be, can spread and, and cause a significant uh, death rate. So, and you mentioned that melanoma is, is somewhat associated with sun exposure, but is, is more genetic in nature. Is that what I heard you say? Yeah, yeah. So what, so what do you do as far as treatment is concerned? Well, uh, the first thing, obviously, is identifying those things. You know, if, if a person has a sore that, that is not healing or they think they have a pimple, but it's been there for two to three months or something that is bleeding very easily, the first step is to obviously get into a dermatologist and get evaluated. You know, and typically we'll do a biopsy to confirm the diagnosis. And then depending on the location of the body and, and the severity of the cancer, a, a surgery is done to completely remove it from the body. And is that the same for all three of these types, or do you have a different approach for uh, no. basal versus squamous versus melanoma? That's pretty much the same for all three. With melanomas, it, it's a little more serious. If if the melanomas are thick and have invaded, then they then a person needs to have their lymph nodes checked, and usually a lymph node will be removed as well. Um, so it's it's a little more intense. Typically, basal cells and squamous cells can be done. In the in a clinic, in my clinic, for example, I do I do my surgeries there. Uh, they don't have to go to a surgery center or to the hospital. Whereas if a melanoma is is thicker and in, a lymph node needs to be checked, then they end up seeing a general surgeon and in the operating room getting a lymph node removed. So, like you said, the the one we want to stay away from is the melanoma. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Well, we've got just about uh, maybe a minute left. We've talked a lot about sun exposure. Are there other skin conditions that we ought to be aware of that you would say, hey, if, if you've got this, you really ought to come in and have a dermatologist take a look at it. What should we be watching for? Um, yes, the, the big one is there's a condition called actinic keratosis, which means scaling and redness associated from the sun. And, you know, many of your listeners are probably going to know that when they've gone to see a doctor, they get sprayed with that canister, that liquid nitrogen. Yeah, And what an actinic keratosis is, it's the top layer of skin has kind of gone crazy and they're precancers. They can lead to squamous cell cancer. So if a person has red, tender, gritty spots on their temples, their cheeks, their nose, uh, the back of their hands, they should go see a dermatologist because that indicates they've had a significant amount of damage. And does it, does it usually show up in the, in the face or is, are you just mentioning those mentioned in the head and the face because that's the one that tends to be most exposed? No, that's where it usually shows up. It yeah. usually shows up along the temples and the, the cheekbone area and the ears, the nose, areas that are prominent. Interesting. Well, very good. Uh, Dr. Piney, once again, we, we really appreciate you coming and spending some time with us today and, and sharing your expertise. Uh, about 15 seconds left. Any last minute advice that you would share about taking care of your skin? Um, no, that's about it. I think we've, we've talked about a lot of good things. Uh, if, if a person is concerned about a lesion that's not healing, my biggest piece of advice is to get it checked. Don't, yeah. don't ignore it until it gets too big. 
Yeah. And, and I think that sounds like good advice, uh, no matter what. But uh, certainly if you've got something that doesn't feel right, something that doesn't look like, it, like uh, right, it's worth uh, checking it out with a doctor. Yeah. Wonderful. Well, again, Dr. Piney, thank you so much. Yes, thank uh, we you. Really appreciate your uh, your time, and uh, maybe we'll have you come back again and 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 talk about uh, how we can just continue to take care of ourselves. Okay, I'd be I'd be happy to. It's my pleasure. Thank you very much. Thank you. Wonderful. So, Lil. Yes, I'm gonna wear sunscreen. I yeah, promise. I think we're all gonna oh. wear sunscreen after that one, right? <laughs> Uh, registration yes. for the Huntsman World Senior Games is open and yes. ready to go. If you are age 50 or older, you qualify for the games. And of course, we're analyzing the situation. We're right in the middle of the COVID-19 pandemic. We're uh, trying to figure out how to best proceed with caution. We encourage you to hit up SeniorGames.net, which is our website for registration information, as well as the latest information on our response to COVID-19. The dates for the 2020 Games are October 5th through the 17th. If you have any feedback for us about the show, don't hesitate to send us an email at ActiveLife at SeniorGames.net. Remember to tune in live next and every Thursday at 5.30 p.m. Mountain Time on AM 1450 or FM 93.1 for the Huntsman World Senior Games Active Life. We take this live show, we turn it into a podcast, and you can subscribe to the podcast pretty much anywhere that podcasts are found. If you're listening by podcast, why don't you take a moment, give us a rating, and write a quick review. Uh, very easy to do, and it helps us spread the word. Lil, today's inspirational thought. Okay. It's good advice for all of us. Okay, I'm ready. Surround yourself with people who are only going to lift you higher. Oh, I like that. Until next Thursday, stay active.